Welcome to the 2020-30 podcast. Today we're having another aspect and topic in pluralizing fashion in our cultural pillar of sustainability. So we are talking about queerness in fashion. And I would like to ask you, Max, how to queer fashion up? Well, that's a very good question. And I mean, as you know, I, I really like this term, queering it up. And I hope we can use it more often and, and also give it more and more meaning and see it in action. It's something that I uh, took over from Peaches when I listened to her in, in a, actually also in a panel discussion um, after she had done a wonderful live gig um, the evening before. And yeah, I think it represents so nicely like how we can integrate and how fashion can really profit also from the queer community or from the queer perspective most of all. Because I don't think it should be limited to um, what is nowadays called the LGBTQAI plus movement, but it is really... For everybody. And uh, this is, I think, what, what makes curing it up so nice. And for me, it, it feels a bit like, okay, let's throw some confetti onto this problem and see if it looks better afterwards, which certainly it will. Maybe it's not gone, but maybe we can have more fun dealing with it afterwards. So that's kind of what queering it up for me stands for at the moment. But I, I would love to see how we can also further develop it. Our today's guests are Cora Hamilton and Max Weiland, who have started an agency in Berlin. Um, who only represents a model agency who only represent LGBTQAI plus people. So, Max, can you please explain us uh, what's actually behind this? Well, yes. I mean, the amazing thing about UNS, the, the agency of Cora and Max, is that they really want to queer fashion, or I guess queering it up would also work for them as a term. And LGBT... I, is a term that I think a lot of people already know for, for years. And the interesting thing is how it developed over the years because LGBT stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual and trans. And then over the last couple of years, kind of the, those scenes um, realized that, but there's more to it and there's always more to it. The next, um, as far as I can remember, was the addition of the Q, which stands for queer. Um, but also there it didn't stop and now if we kind of take the, the, the holistic picture of these cultural representation, it is as, as you just said LGBTQAI+. The plus was also there in between already which stands for, well, all the other potential ones that one is forgetting because it's never a complete thing but obviously it's important at the moment but I would hope that one day we don't need them anymore because representation has become the new normal it's part of everyday society and we don't need this kind of explicit representation anymore. What do you think, Magdalena? Can, can we queer fashion up that much and can this become so much the new normal that, that this will be not needed anymore? I mean, that would be the vision. And I would say it's, of course, all about inclusivity. But today, I think all these letters stand for marginalized groups. And it is, from my perspective, it's really important that all these groups getting representation uh, in our society and also in fashion as we are talking about fashion. So there's probably more uh, letters to come in this uh, term, which is already complicated. But still, I think it's important that everyone is actually feeling also represented in these discussions. And this is also one of the core reasons, as I understood uh, Cora and Max for founding their agency, focusing only on these individuals uh, to give them a platform and also give them a representation in the fashion industry. Absolutely. And yeah, 
representation, I think here is, is really one of the key buzzwords that one needs to look into. And uh, well, let's first of all provide our platform to them and let's see what Max and Cora have to tell us. My name is yeah. Cora, my pronouns are they, them. My name is Max, my pronouns are they, he. Um, and we are the co-founders of UNS, which is the first exclusively LGBTQI plus talent agency in Germany um, and one of the very first in the world. Um, and so I think we'll start off just telling you um, the story of like how this came to be, the story of UNS. Um, so I am from London. I moved here about four years ago. Um, when I first moved here, just to, I was really missing my people. You know, I didn't know like how to access my communities. Um, and so I started working on a photo series about queer people just to meet people and and connect with people that I had a, a similar background to. Um, and Max was one of them. So um, I should have started by saying I'm a photographer and Max is a model. Um, and so Max was very highly recommended to me by a friend of ours. Um, so we met for a shoot at Boxhagnerplatz just outside in the summer. Um, which was really nice. Max is a fantastic model, so we had a great time. And then had a little vegan ice cream afterwards and got talking about what our career aspirations were. So I wanted to go into fashion photography, um, but I'm a sensitive flower. I didn't know how to put myself into such like a competitive and hostile environment. Um, so I was really struggling like with where to place myself in this industry and how to access it. Um, and Max had been working as a model for, what, three, four years on the <laughs> side, um, and you were just looking into like representation by an agency, but every agency that Max approached was uh, these mainstream agencies that are like, well, are you a girl or are you a boy? Like, you pick one of those things. If you're a boy, you've got to have a beard. If you're a girl, you've got to have long hair, and you don't have those things, so where do we place you in this? Um, and along with some other, like... Mm, more hostility um, yeah. and bad comments that no one should ever have to listen to. Um, oh, here we go. It's just popped up. Um, and so, yeah, we were talking about this and I was saying to Max, so I have a background in music and a lot of my musician friends had made their own record labels just to appear established. Like the second that you're signed to an agency, a label, it shows clients, um, people in your networks that you're worth someone's time and money and energy. Um, which is a bit unfortunate, but it's just how things go. Um, and so I said to Max, oh, I had this silly idea when we were having this vegan ice cream when we first met. I had this silly idea that we could just get a bunch of queer models together and make our own agency. Like, why not? We'll just make an Instagram page and see what happens. Um, and so we didn't really talk about that much when we first met. And then when the first lockdown hit, I was stuck in the UK. Max was stuck here. And I always remember the text that Max sent me saying, I can't stop thinking about this agency idea. Do you want to do it? And do you want to do it together? Um, so I thought, cute, nice little quarantine project. You know, everyone was getting into their like banana bread. What was it like the foam coffee? You know, things like this. And we were like, let's start an agency. Why not? Like, what have we got to lose? We both lost our um, very unsatisfying like pay the rent jobs, um, which turned out to be an absolute blessing in disguise. Um, we started having like weekly Zoom meetings just to get to know each other and how we work and what we wanted to do. Um, and we got a group of about 10 to 15 models together, um, just people in our networks, in our communities. And 
the response just from the people that we reached out to was just straight off the bat amazing people were like thank you so much for for doing this and we hadn't even done it yet you know like this was even before everything started um so just immediately we realized this is so desperately needed and why the hell has no one done this yet when we started the only thing we found online was a trans exclusive agency in london they're called wimp they're fantastic so that's the only kind of blueprint that we had to go by um so we launched almost two years ago with about 10 to 15 models. Uh, we shot everyone's digitals, like the models' headshots, in Max's back garden. Made a little promo video with one of our videographers, because we also have a few creatives. Um, and straight away, things started to happen. I mean, like, I'm a delusional optimist, um, and so I was like, yeah, this is going to be massive, this is going to be great. Um, but that's the nature of, I think, queer magic. You know, we got everyone together and we built this thing together. Very much not just us. It's what we have as a result of absolutely everyone involved in what we do. And that's also the symbolism of the um, asterisk, the stjansen on the end of uns, is, is to symbolise anyone who is a part of our communities, anyone that relates to us, anyone that associates with us, is us, is part of us. Yeah, maybe you want to talk a bit about, like what we do in practice yeah do you think? is there a possibility to get the clicker that was promised oh, yes. for us so we we're can given a clicker. go on with the <laughs> slides thanks, thanks so much thanks. sorry go on. yeah let me there we go <clears throat> yeah so i think when as you said earlier like when we started the agency um we had pretty much an idea of what we want to achieve but i think we didn't really know how to get there and what kind of work is expecting us as Cora said, there was not really any, like there were modeling agencies, of course, but they basically just showed us what we do not want to do, but they didn't show us like so much what we want to do. So therefore it was really like uh, a jump in the cold water, as they say. Um, and so we started um, working just mainly like with models in the beginning, but we really quickly noticed that if we want to bring true diversity into fashion, media and advertisement, it's not enough to just represent models because if you have diversity only in front of the camera, then it's fake diversity, it's pinkwashing. You need to have people behind the scenes who make the decisions, who also need to be queer in order to get like a proper full queer campaign. So uh, therefore we onboarded also a couple of creatives. I think um, we started off with, I think, three or four. And um, we have a couple of more since then. Models, we started with 15, but uh, at this point we have 70. And um, we're getting applications every day and uh, even like a lot from Germany, of course, but then also from, um, we got one from Togo, we got from, from, from New Delhi. So it's like all over the world. And I'm sometimes wondering, how do they find us? But at the same time, it's like, okay, they, they have found us. So this means that we're still kind of unique in what we're doing. Um, so yeah, so this is um, basically the idea to have models and creatives at the same time so we can offer full-fledged productions. And we've been, I think, focusing in the first year uh, on that a lot and we're hoping that this will go a bit like further. Um, once we started the agency, we noticed really quickly that when you represent models from marginalized community or like talent from marginalized communities, you get a lot of requests, but the people that send the requests do not have a lot of, a lot of knowledge around uh, yeah, what they are asking, basically. So the requests we got were really 
intense sometimes, very like poorly worded. And I really have to say there were several times we were just saying we cannot forward this to our, our talent. We have a, like a duty to keep them safe and also to send them in the right jobs. So it started on very quickly that um, every single email that we wrote became like an uh, advisory and educational part. And uh, I, I was so surprised to see that clients were really receptive about it or people who um, ask. And um, they started asking, like, this is so great. You know so much about it. Why don't you tell us more? Don't, uh, why don't you offer workshops? So suddenly this modeling and talent agency became actually also like an advisory and consultancy and educational service. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's also just the two of us. We yeah, failed so to say that as well. Yeah. <laughs> is that, yeah, this is almost two years we've been doing this and it's yeah. our entire lives. Like at this yeah. point, we still don't have anyone else working with us. But Exactly. But yeah, maybe nice. let us run to uh, the yes. actual work so you see some nice uh, photos exactly. of what we do. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, first of all, just a little selection um, of some of our main clients. Um, and some of these just sprung out of nowhere as soon as we launched, which was so surprising to us also as people that like we do not come from this industry like we uh, max like I said I have a background in music you have a background in art history so all of this was so new to us and then we're suddenly working with like you know Adidas is on the phone like this person from Adobe you know all of this and it was so mad to us that immediately these people saw what we're doing and thought yeah we want to work with you I think one of the biggest challenges that we were facing and talking about a lot about in the beginning is how do we recognize, um, let's say, people who just want a talent, you know, to like pinkwash basically their campaign to have like amongst all uh, cishet models have like one trans girl who just kind of has to fit the brief. And um, we were quite also like talking a lot about that. How can we like avoid this? And I think we've quickly noticed that we have quite a good feeling for it because it's I think it's mainly the people who come to you when you send, a, like, they send a brief, you're like, this doesn't sit right with me, can we talk about this? And they were like, well, you don't have to do it if you don't like to. Mm -hmm. And then we're mostly like, yeah, we don't like to, so thank you. <laughs> um, but um, it also, like, showed us that there are actually people out there who have really interest in... Um, changing something within company structures and uh, we have at this point some long-lasting partnerships with people that we've been working with either from the beginning or like who joined like really quickly uh, three examples of these are adidas um, h&m beyond and mastercard we do a lot of um, talent placement for them but also um, educational content and workshops as well mm -hmm. How, how can we end this off with? I think I like we've been talking a lot about the work as an agency and um, how it is like, you know, to represent models. But um, yeah, I think we also want to talk a little bit about like how it is to be business founders um, because I think within the queer communities or within the LGBT communities, we are obviously very much on the top of the privilege pile, let's say. We're both um, white. My native language is uh, German. Your native language is English. And you said yesterday it's a power combo. So you can like, kind of conquer the world with that, at least from Germany on, let's say. So th that was definitely one of the reasons why we also thought we were like, we can do this. But um, at the same time, we've been also noticing that we're still marginalized within like a bigger context, especially when you kind of face... Um, people that are like uh, other business founders, for example, people that are not uh, from the LGBT communities. And let's like be honest about it. Most like if you look into these like business founding circles, they're most like cishet white men. Um, so we've been a bit, I think, yeah, 
<laughs> overwhelmed also with that in the beginning that it's like nice that we have like a good standing uh, within our communities but at the same time we also have to dig our way up in a certain way so um yeah we've been also facing quite a lot of discrimination um I'm just saying, for example, my name is Max. I look like that. I talk like that. Uh, every phone call is 15 minutes longer because I have to explain, why am I talking like that? How is my name Max? Am I maybe the assistant? It's like an ongoing conversation. It makes everything very, very difficult. Um, at the same time, I had like quite some bad experiences in these founder circles where um, one of these like um, what is it called, like a startup group meeting. Yeah, I, I had an experience where um, the, the founder of the startup circle has basically decided to uh, insult me, um, yeah, tr like with transphobic uh, words in, in front of everyone of, in, in this meeting. And we were really thinking like, wow, is this like a place where we can do this? Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, we have these, um, these partners who are actually there and who are there to do the work and who are seeing us as experts. And this is just mm -hmm. also really, really great. Exactly. And I think <coughs> from what Max said, you can tell that almost everything we do, we feel like we have to do it double. We have to put double the energy, double the time, because we're so committed and we would have it no other way that we're so committed to making this, doing this in the right way. You know, we come across so many... Um, yeah, other other businesses, other agencies that we look at and we're like, God, but why do you do it? Why are you working like this? You know, this is harming people, actively harming people. And so taking it upon ourselves to do it in a in a better way that is talent first. Like we always say that we are talent first. We Our first priorities are our people that we work with. Um, so, yeah, but having said that, I mean, it just reminds us of our duty and commitment as to as to why we're doing this and yeah it's a lot it really is but it shows us that it's so desperately needed and that if we as the people that we are with the privileges that we do have have the resources which we do to do this we owe it to our communities and also more marginalized communities to make this work and that's what we're endlessly committed to doing yeah <laughs> Great. I don't know if these QR codes are going to work for you. Um, I always like to think of myself as a bit tech savvy and then don't know if it's that, that's going to work. But you can try and get um, our yeah, website, Instagram, LinkedIn from there. Um, great. And I mean, we have 1 minute and 13 seconds left. If anyone has any questions or just no. contributing yeah. to the, the conversation, we would love to hear from you. <laughs> yeah, tell it. Um, would you think that this agency would have worked out like five years ago? I, I, I'm not sure. Actually, I was thinking that all, several people told me that it is basically the right time mm. to do this, let's say. Mm -hmm. um, I think with Corona and um, everything that happened, there was like suddenly a more like social awareness in a certain way. And I think this definitely... Black Lives Matter. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. Um, Absolutely. This contributed to people being maybe like a little bit more open-minded in, in a certain way. And after we uh, launched our agency, we've seen that there are intents for like similar, let's say, groupings or like maybe not only in the fashion industry, but there, there's more like, yeah, there, there's a like in, intent to create more spaces for marginalized communities in general. So I think we definitely caught the right time to do it. Having said that, um, yeah, obviously like Corona and and everything that is going on 
right now as well it's making life a bit difficult because mm-hmm. um, also we're a pandemic baby yeah our business is a pandemic baby so now that you know we're post corona even though you had it two weeks ago yeah. um you know yeah. it's now we're coming out of our yeah. zoom bubble that we've only ever existed yeah. in as an agency to then being in mm-hmm. person you know yeah yeah my community sometimes um that this is maybe just a trend Mm. that has like a deadline to it yeah i mean i think the queer communities have been battling so hard for so many decades Mm. to allow us to be at this point um the people that have come before us especially black trans queer activists who have come before us have allowed this very much right now to happen Mm -hmm. um and i think it's building and building and we have had that worry before as well um but i think the the trend seems to be going in the right direction that i wouldn't be worried it would drop off yeah i also think it's a question of like being persistent like Mm -hmm. if we pull back then i think no one's gonna ask for us to come back but um, Mm -hmm. as long as we stay here as long as we stay visible and do what we are doing stand up for ourselves and our communities i think you're not getting rid of us, sorry. <laughs> yeah, here to stay. Lovely. Exactly. Well, Great. Well, we're you. out of time. Yeah. Um, oh. But thank you so much for listening. Um, it's a real <coughs> pleasure to be here. Thanks so much to Lou and the rest of the team. Thank you. <laughs>
they can feel much more self-estimated and seen. Yeah, and yes. seen. Yeah, empowered. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, the energy that comes from there and, and the potential for kind of further positive transformation coming from these people, if they are empowered and self-confident, um, is going to be incredible for the global society. So yeah, I think this is uh, really important. This is one of the reasons why we are stressing all the time that there's a fourth pillar of sustainability, which is culture and which uh, is needed for the implementation of all these sustainability concepts. So we yeah, are extremely happy and grateful to have uns uh, in Berlin and very thankful to Max and Cora to having presented their view and their journey. And um, yeah, let's look forward to the next episode, which is also going to be exciting and a bit different, I think, Magdalena. Absolutely. I mean, uh, we are, as you know, also providing a platform, the 2020-30 Summit. And this is actually the conference which is coming up in January. I hope you already bought your ticket. If not, please do so on our website, 202030summit.com and travel to Berlin in January. Yes. <laughs> and our next episode, we will invite Professor Friederike Wedel von Palo and she will also, uh, together with Max, introduce our new topics for our conference. And please don't miss out to have a look in our show notes and follow us on Instagram at 202030summit. <laughs> <laughs>